Camelot. Camelot. It's only a model. Shh. Uh, 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 uh. It's fun. Yeah, to Rewind. Back in your ear holes. Episode 10. Nobody thought we could make it 10 episodes. All the haters doubted us. We were only going to do six. Remember? That's right. We were only going to do six. But look at us now. All the way up to double digits. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Fade it on out and fade it on out and just fade it. Okay, that's lots of fun. It's fun. Um, yeah, 10 episodes. I, I don't think anyone thought we could do it. And we showed them all up, all the haters on Twitter. Look how far we're flying and how high we're climbing. It's such a commitment. This is a lot of work, and we keep doing it every week. Yeah, can you believe it? Me, working hard on something. <laughs> it's because I'm involved. Yeah. Your wife, Angie. This is Angie. Yes. Who are you again? Angie. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Angie. A little bit of Angela on the thing. A little bit of Angela on the thing. You're a very nice lady. And who are you again? And I am your special little prince, your curator of absurdity, your absentee podfather. I am Jeff Jefferson. <laughs> JJ, podfather. whatever you want to say. Who cares? <laughs> Mommy's special little prince. Mommy's special <laughs> little Who's out? Prince. <laughs> prince Jeffrey! <laughs> That's why I was playing with the reverb earlier. Let's just leave it on the whole time. Prince Jeffrey! And make sure no one ever listens to us again. <laughs> I'm here. Zabadazooey. It's fun. All right, we got it. Jeff is here. Prince Jeffrey's here. <laughs> get on with it. Yes, get on with it! Jesus. It's, it's fun when there's a mixing board with effects that you can play with. Any way you want. How are you doing, my wife, that I podcast with? I'm so good because I started my day with pancakes. <clears throat> and I played in my pool in the backyard. Just like a happy little 33-year-old. It, it's fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. That's all, I, It's fun to watch you in that little, <laughs> tiny little, baby's it's little inflatable per- pool. It's the perfect size. I have this floaty thing, so it's not just a, a donut floaty, but right. it's like a half donut. And then there's like a little seat so you can just plop down and I can, I can lean my head back and just kind of float there. I am sure. It's been really hot. So the water isn't freezing cold when right. I first get in. So it's actually really nice. It, it does. Uh, it touches my heart to look out of our back window and see you out there enjoying yourself and i put up my ipad on my little table and my headphones and today i was listening to scrubs yeah there'll be banana hammocks everywhere and it's the best 
ideally the way to consume scrubs is to listen to it <laughs> um i've seen them all a million times it's one of the shows where you don't i can just listen to it exactly. like friends or yeah parks and rec yeah it's fun to pick out all the um all the ways uh the writers clumsily dealt with you know gay characters mm-hmm. black characters female characters the episode i watched <laughs> We've come a long way the episode i watched today i'm getting into season five and i kind of stopped and went back because it mm-hmm. really sucks but uh elliot uh was in blackface Are, really like full on it's one of jd's flashbacks where he pictures Elliot as like a combination of Elliot and Turk or something. Oh, so she's God. in full. And in season one or two, JD think or does a, a flashback and he imagines himself as Turk. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. Uh-huh. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. I remember the Turk one. And I completely forgot because I don't really watch past like season four a whole lot. Yeah. And <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. They did it again. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Cancel all of them. Everyone's canceled. Whoops. Just, you get canceled. So, Zach Braff and Donald Faison have a podcast, and they go through each episode really? of Scrubs. Yeah, I've listened to a few. It's very fun. They're still, it's really new, so they're only on season one, but I really want them to get to, it must be season two when JD does this flashback and he's in... Blackface. Blackface. I did not know that. Surprise. (laughs) That's fun. And I mean, a lot of people get in trouble for doing it. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon was the most recent. For his Chris Rock. But it's like, I'm not excusing it, but I just wonder what are they going to do? How are they going to address it when they come to these episodes if the podcast keeps going, which it probably will. People seem to like it. They'll have to, they'll have to craft a, a, a deftly written statement and i I don't know yeah it's It's, interesting tough trying to think have i ever been in blackface i don't think so i think i'm i'm just too woke just my whole life i've been so woke that's cool if we hope you're staying safe out there uh if you're protesting and keeping your distance and staying masked up staying masked up wherever you go in whatever state you're in i'm hearing a lot of normal business back to normal things and it makes me uncomfortable it feels wrong it does. I mean, we're so lucky to be able to work from home mm-hmm. and do what we do. We have a little enclave here and, and we're, you know, we, we can shut out the world and podcast and work and just do our thing, mm-hmm. float in little pools mm-hmm. like you've started doing. Yes. But a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I understand no. wanting to reopen the economy. It just scares me. Um, and I support reopening things. Sure. But there's just limitations that you need to have in place, which, again, we're in a very nice little liberal bubble and people sure. seem to believe things around here. And Oak Park's doing it right. And a lot I of places so. are. But I'm hearing some questionable behavior. And I don't understand because you you people aren't vaccinated. How, no. how do you think you're invincible right. from this? Un- unless you're... See, I, I don't even know what the consensus is on COVID-19 anymore. Like if if most people are getting it and not having symptoms or whatever, you hear about super spreaders, which sounds a lot like super shredder from the second Ninja Turtles movie. And that scares the shit out of me. Um, but 
I, I don't even know what the correct protocol is. What are you hearing that, that makes you mad? Oh, just people going out in public places and things, no limits to amount of people around, no mask requirements. Yeah. And these are mostly from other states that I'm hearing. Yeah. These situations. It's a crazy world out there. It's weird. Speaking of, uh, I mean, th- this is, I think we all think this, but shout out to our frontline workers, like putting yourself in harm's way every day and keeping things moving amid a pandemic. Special shout out to my Aunt Noreen. She's a nurse in Flint. Shout out to Aunt Noreen. Stay safe out there. Uh, speaking of Oak Park, we have neighbors here. Mm-hmm. And we actually, for the first time, went out and spoke to them. Do you want to talk <laughs> a little bit? Not for the first time, that? but it's been a long time. No, it was really nice. They, the, the block is full of very nice people. And it is graduation season. Well, it's kind of over now. I Finally, I feel like it went on forever. But they had a little outdoor ceremony for all the kids on the block who moved on to a new grade. Our next door neighbors to the left of us, uh, one of their sons graduated to middle school. So there are a few middle school kids. There are a couple kids who graduated college, which I think was impressive and very exciting and it was really nice they had a speaker set up and the families kind of we all just stood out in our yards they put little candles in paper bags and kind of lit the sidewalk and each family went down and said a few things about their son or daughter it was very nice it was very sweet and i'm glad that we participated it was a very nice feel-good moment yeah Nine times out of ten, when there's a when there's a block wide celebration like a block party, or it's a it's a daycare center party. That's I just feel weird showing up. That's true. Without a kid, usually when there's a block wide event, we stay inside. We shut the shades. We put <laughs> okay, on earplugs. Okay, okay. A lot say, of times we're out of town. We are hermits. A lot of the times we're out of town. It's in the summer. It's on Saturdays. We're out, but we're defensive? all here because I feel bad. You don't have to be defensive. We're hermits. We're we're good little monks. Um, but <laughs> the point is, we've started to venture out yes. and speak to our neighbors and be the pillars of the community <laughs> that we know that we can be. <laughs> Was Angie and Jeff's Community Outreach Family Corner. <laughs> Today's episode is a movie that I chose, and I'm excited about it. So moving forward, we, we've had so many great... First of all, we appreciate our friends and family listening and interacting. Like, even if you just send us a message on Instagram or a text about the show, it just... It brightens my day because this is a personal passion project. We're just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. And when one person says, makes a comment that they listened, it's like, it just gets me all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. That at least someone is listening. Yeah. Like, uh, one of my oldest friends, comedian, Michigan comic, Will Green, uh, will check in from time to time. You had a, you had an Instagram exchange with him about. He had lots of fun memories about our last episode, watching it with his sisters, The Parent right. Trap. That's right. Which makes complete sense that, you know, I, I'm sure my brother, I don't think he sat down and watched it, but he probably was around when I had it on. So exactly. that was fun. 
That is fun. Fun memories. Yeah. Shout out to Will, my former uh, co-host. Best friend. <laughs> former best friend. <laughs> Oops. Is this where he's first hearing that you guys aren't We're not best friends, friends anymore? anymore. Oh. Yeah, no friends. Good. Then get the hell out of my life. Who needs you? Beat it. Leave me alone. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but what we're going to do moving forward, we've had a lot of people reaching out with requests. And my first response was, hey, that's not what we do here. You don't get it. Listen harder. Because we don't take listener requests. But I'm softening on shut that up. front. Shut you up. Just shut up. Just shut up. You don't understand. I'm trying to make something great. <laughs> and if you don't get it, get out. But then... <laughs> I softened on that and thought, "Hey, how do we uh, how do we build our listenership and uh, retain uh, listener follows and, and up our listenerships?" Marketing, Marketing. <laughs> synergy. <laughs> uh, we should take listener requests. Yeah. So after ten episodes of of films that we have chosen, we put a little call out on the gram for some suggestions. The gram. <laughs> And we do have that first listener pick. Yeah. It's come to us a couple different times yes. in different ways. Ex- so Speaking we, of Will, he suggested it once. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So we'll announce what film we chose at the end of the show. So you have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> we'll make a grand announcement. Don't you fast forward this. At the end of the episode. Huzzah! Uh, so that's just a fun little bit. You can... Uh, Send us your requests and we'll do them. So. Maybe every like fifth episode or so, or we'll, we'll do a call out, but we'll let you know. Keep an eye on social media. And if you have a recommendation, send it on through. Yeah. We'll let you know and hang out with you. Um, previous episode notes. I just have one. Um, I think I may have hurt. One of my friend's feelings when I spoke ill of third wave ska music on the Good Burger episode. And I said something like it was the worst shit or the worst Mm -hmm. fucking garbage or something like that. (laughs) Um, And I understand that it's difficult. It's difficult. Everybody has different tastes, different. Everybody comes from different walks of life, you know, and it's difficult to wake up to the fact that you're a garbage person with no taste. And I'm sorry to my friend who will be who will remain unnamed. <laughs> it sucks. Fucking thing sucks. Fuck, 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 fucking thing okay. sucks. <laughs> Just relax about it. It's fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun, isn't it? Man, um, today's movie, it's one of the most formative. I'm almost nervous to talk about this movie. It's one of the most oh. formative. Ooh, oh. I got the chill with it. <laughs> Did it's, Jeff is slap happy right now. Brrr. I think it was the pancakes I made. It him. was the it, yes, and recording this not at night or late afternoon. I think. Hmm. Um, Pap, Pappy's got some pep in his stuff. What are you doing? Uh, I'm almost nervous to talk about this movie because I want to do it justice. It's one of the most formative movie watching experiences in my life it is from 1975 monty python and the holy grail once in a lifetime there comes a motion picture which changes the whole history of motion pictures 
A picture so stunning in its effect, so vast in its impact, that it profoundly affects the lives of all who see it. One such film is... Very good, thank you. Yes, thank you. Next, please. Once in a lifetime, there comes a motion picture which changes the whole history of motion pictures. Uh, yes, thank you. Next. What's wrong with my voice? My voice is all right, my brain is wrong. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a 1975 British comedy film concerning the Arthurian legend, written and performed by the Monty Python comedy troupe, which consisted of Graham Chapman, R.I.P., John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin. Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones also served as the film's directors. Terry, crazy, crazy Terry. Terry. It was conceived during the hiatus between the third and fourth series of their BBC television series, Monty Python's Flying Circus. The film is a comedic send-up of the grim circumstances of the Middle Ages as told through the story of King Arthur and framed by a modern-day murder investigation. <laughs> You're gonna love it. When the mythical king of the Britons leads his knights on a quest for the Holy Grail, they face a wide array of horrors, including a persistent black knight. <laughs> <laughs> a three-headed giant, a cadre of shrubbery-challenged knights, the perilous castle anthrax, a killer rabbit, a house of virgins, and a handful of rude Frenchmen. Jeff? Yes. Why is this a favorite? So, you know, when I, I'm hard-pressed to think of another, you know, let's call it a cultural artifact that had more of an influence on me than this movie. If, if I had to trace my sense of humor back to its sources... Mm-hmm. It would be, I can think of five things. Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. Yep. The Far Side by Gary Larson, another great comic strip. MST3K, obviously. Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And this movie. And I think I think you could sprinkle some David Letterman on top as well. There you go. That's six. But it's just seeing these buttoned up, grown Englishmen act so silly, but like maintaining their dignity at the same time it was irresistible to a kid <laughs> without spoiling tell me one special memory or a favorite part of the film my friend evan king and i would watch this movie on repeat in fourth grade and just laugh wow our, fourth grade yeah laugh our little asses off we would rent the vhs all the time there's a scene where uh, Sir Robin, played by Eric Idle, is riding along while a minstrel sings his praises, but the song takes a turn and starts to be about how he ran away from a fight, and then it goes into all the ways 
that he was not afraid to be killed. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raped and his bottom burnt off and his penis... That's, that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. <laughs> and you'll see why it's funny. Um, <laughs> that just cracked us up. I also went to see this as a 20-something when it was re-released in theaters at the good old uh, Maple Art Theater in Bloomfield Township, Michigan. And I remember... Fun. Yeah. I remember reciting the dialogue in real time to an obnoxious degree. <laughs> I was just... I support that. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was just like telegraphing the quotes before they would happen. Like, I know he's going to say this now. It was, it was really When obnoxious. you know a film that well, it's so hard not to do that because you're just so excited for it to come up. And you know it so well, so intimately that you just can't help yourself. Right. We all have those. Yeah. Films. And as you get older, you realize like, that that ability goes away as you approach middle age. Like you can't like could I recite Wayne's World word for word like I could in grade school, middle school? I don't think so. So it's just a fun thing that you do when you're young. I think the two movies that I would recite the most Yeah, what are yours? It's Father of the Bride. Oh, of course. And Billy Madison. Lady, you're scaring us. <laughs> okay. Tell me a little bit more. Taglines. Rotten Tomatoes. What do we have? Uh, the taglines are pretty great. Makes Ben-Hur look like an epic. Nominated for 26 Oscars, three Bryans, a Maureen, and one Sergio. <laughs> That's a tagline. Yeah. That's uh, this one's good. And now, at last, another comedy film completely different from some other of the films, which aren't quite the same as this one is. <laughs> okay. Uh, this movie... Oh, the music right now. That's okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes On Rotten Tomatoes This is 97% Certified 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 Frosh Frosh And certified I'm healthy (laughs) Michigan accent humor for you (laughs) What is going on with you two? Do you think I'll like this film and why? I'm really hoping You'll like it I, I think you'll like this Here's my reasoning our relationship in the early days was completely built on a foundation of humor mm-hmm. and jokes. Mm-hmm. Like that was our flirting, I think. Mm-hmm. It was funny jokes. Um, razzing. So, razzing. Sarcasm. Hosing. Um, schmearing. What? That's not a thing. That's cream cheese. Uh, our relationship was built on humor. And I want to share one of the movies that shaped my sense of humor. I can't believe I haven't seen this yet. I can't believe it either. But when I think about it, have we watched, we've watched I Love Lucy together. I don't think we've watched Father of the Bride together. We have. Oh. I think so. (laughs) I'd like to revisit it again, though. Yes. But uh, I really hope you laugh. If you don't, I'm going to have to do some real soul searching um, about our relationship. Might want to pull out those divorce papers and just have them ready for me to sign if it doesn't go well. I got a a sad uh, bachelor bag packed. Split up our assets. I got one pair of underwear. It's dirty. Um, I got a toothbrush. And that's it. It's my sad bachelor bag. <laughs> and a neck pillow, like an airplane neck pillow, not even a real pillow. That's my sad bachelor bag. Okay, let's go watch it. Let's go watch the movie right now. Scenes to put work in back cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat 
Let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. (laughs) (laughs) Graham Chapman for the win. Wow. Man. We watched the movie. (laughs) Okay. This film needs uh, an LPM. What's that? A laughs per minute rating. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I don't know what it is, but... Cool. That's promising. That sounds good. <laughs> I what? love that you sang along while we were watching to that that night. Oh yeah, I knew that some song. of the words. Yeah, yeah. Those are those lyrics fun. are brilliant. Um, it's no surprise that Eric Idle later turned this into a musical Spamalot, which I've never seen, but I've heard it's just sort of it's what our moms would say. Well, it was cute. Just, <laughs> that's, that's never promising. No of, offense to moms. It's a general mom statement. But by that statement, you know, it's just sort of, it's funny enough and it's generally inoffensive. Uh. But I, don't, I know nothing about the musical. Mm. I've never seen it. Anyway. So I'm going to say that I, I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that I waited a little bit to see this film because I think that I needed to condition my mm-hmm. my comedic or you know my sense of humor needed to develop a bit because the jokes are so quick quick fast that you have to really keep up and notice everything and i credit 30 rock yes. to this because 30 rock was is so fast with the jokes they it's not always so in speaking talking it's things that are happening all around whatever's whatever's going on in the in the scene, so you have to keep up and you have to just soak in all these jokes that are coming at you so fast. That's how this film was. And if I saw this 10 years ago, I think some of it would have gone over my head, but I think I've been conditioned for it and I appreciated seeing it That's interesting. a little bit later. And that explains why I loved 30 Rock immediately, I think. Mm-hmm. If, if this was the starting point, and even the credits have stuff you can't look away from, like the subtitles under the credits. I thought it was, <laughs> I think I, you. About Moose? Yeah. Yeah, like two minutes in, I was kind of looking away and I had my was, had my iPad out for notes and everything. Yeah. And you're like, no, you really need to pay attention yeah. to this. I was looking around. I think I was eating ah, something. I was I like, hate, oh, it, it's starting. It's like right in your face. I like the jokes start. No, I, I, I appreciate this. it. No, watch it. <laughs> no, but like actively watch it. <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. Um, yeah. I 1000%, which 
but you know, it doesn't make sense. Understand why this was a favorite of yours. Oh, good. Um, I feel seen. <laughs> yes. It just it made a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of. I can see a lot of the influence that people I love now, movies, shows that I like that were pulling from this this type of comedy. I mean, you mentioned that Conan was is one of your, you know, top five yeah. ways that shaped your sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I can totally see I listen, you know, I, I love Conan too. I listen to his podcast all the time. We we watch him on late night. So yeah, it wasn't just things that, that helped me understand you better, but just Things I've seen around SNL, Conan, just all sure, that stuff. Sure, sure, sure. It all, it, it kind of clicks in. You can see yeah. the influence. I used to just act like Conan at college parties. Like my, what, whatever my understanding was of that, whatever my take was on that, <laughs> I would just like talk, try to talk like him at college parties. <laughs> and it was totally phony and totally fake. <laughs> and I'm a shell of a person. That's great. So uh, I like where this is headed. Yeah. So the, the, a couple of examples of just physical comedy that I see in all kinds of things is the the small one of the fake animal paw <laughs> or hand Gorilla reaching into hand. the frame. They do that all the time at SNL with like a cat or a dog paw and it's like all stiff and weird and it's so clearly fake. It's so funny and they kept doing that with the gorilla and I think like a was there a cat paw in there? I can't I, remember. It happened a few times. Yeah, there's like, it's like Michael Palin's hand with like red nail polish, like this masculine hand turning the page with lovely dainty <laughs> gestures and nail polish. And then a monk, like a gorilla hand <laughs> yeah. uh, ominously looms All out stiff. Of, into the frame and just grabs him, grabs it away. It's, it's sinister, but silly. I love it. Yeah. So I saw that a few times and I've seen that so many times <laughs> yeah. and other things. And I don't know, I assume 1975, this is probably the first time that yeah. that happened. Um, can we, can we play a scene that kind of sets the tone for everything? Yeah. Laughing already. It is I, Arthur, son of Uther Pendragon from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England. Pull the other one. <laughs> I am, and this is my trusty servant Patsy. We have ridden the length and <laughs> breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court at Camelot. I must speak with your lord and master. What? Ridden on a horse? <laughs> yes. You're using coconuts. What? You've got two empty halves of coconut and you're banging them together. So? To set up... Oh, God. It's it's already funny that they're using coconuts instead that's of... That's the very first scene, right? That's the very first yeah. scene. That's already funny. Then for Graham Chapman, who plays King Arthur, to stick to the decorum and present himself with authority in light of that is another layer of funny <laughs> than to actually recognize the coconuts and how ridiculous that is, is a third layer of funny. I just, it's, with, it's just like a, seconds, a joke sandwich. It, yeah. <laughs> it's so layered with jokes. Yeah. It's, it's something to do with decorum. Like they have to stick to decorum in the face of absurdity. They set it up. <laughs> they stick to the decorum. Then they call it out. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, uh, 
joke calculus in real time, so pardon me, but yeah. Another influence I saw was when animals yeah. and people are falling from cliffs or being catapulted yes. off. You see this all the time, but a person is being thrown or dropped yes. and it's clearly <laughs> it's clearly a dummy, a stuffed whatever, and it's so stiff and fake. You know it's made up and it looks hilarious. And I love it. You see it all the time and it's right here multiple times. Yep. So another thing that I thought was funny. You see it in community when Pierce is on the trampoline <laughs> and he jumps too high and he hits the fence and it's clearly a dummy. In the <laughs> SNL sketch with the catapulting <laughs> the toilet, toilet, the old yes. person toilet. <laughs> I mean, it's it's used all over the place yeah. and it's so funny. Here's a scene that incorporates that. That might sound familiar if you if you're... If you, if you listen carefully, hang on. Right. 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 You silly English king. I love that. The, there's fake the- animals and carcasses being thrown over the wall. And in the opening there, you'll hear that that's part of our signature soundscapes here. When we don't like a movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you hear the catapult sound of the cow yeah. uh, coming over the castle. So, so that yeah. is funny. Listening to that scene without watching it, it, it's funny to watch it, but it's also funny just to l- listen to it because it's just all these random animal sounds that... I mean, how can you not laugh at that? They understand. It's goofy. That cats are terrible animals <laughs> and abusing them is funny. <laughs> Several times they walk past and there's an old woman just hitting a cat against a wall <laughs> like it's a dirty rug. Yeah. And I know I know you can't joke about that stuff now, animal abuse, but uh, it's funny. It's not a real cat. Come on. It's fake. What? Did you have any other favorite scenes? Oh, yes. There were a couple. I loved when there's a whole uh, wedding going on in the middle of this film. (laughs) There's a few different pieces of the wedding that's funny. But I really liked the father and the groom interaction. (laughs) But father... (laughs) And the groom is just so, I mean. Effeminate, I guess. Yeah. But I don't want any of that. But I love, um, I don't know why. I think because, the does the father know that like the, he doesn't want to get married? So he, the when the king, is he a king or something? Yeah, he's he's some kind of lord. Yeah. He's, he's built a castle in a, a shitty part of the country. It's very swampy. He's trying to improve his standing through marriage. He wants tracks of land, <laughs> huge tracks of land. Yeah, and it's clear his son does not want to get married, so he leaves the <laughs> the room and tells these guards, yes. "Make sure he doesn't leave and try to escape." And this is what happens. Guards, 
Make sure the prince doesn't leave this room until I come and get him. Not to leave the room, even if you come and get him. <laughs> until I come and get him. Until you come and get him, we're not to enter the room. No, look, no. You stay in the room and make sure he doesn't leave. And you'll come and get him. Yes. Right. We don't need to do anything apart from just stop him entering the room. <laughs> no, no. Leaving the room. Leaving the room, yes. All right? Right. right. Oh, if, 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 uh, if, if, uh, <laughs> if, oh, if, oh. Look, it's quite simple. Uh, you just stay here and make sure he doesn't leave the room. He doesn't leave. All right? Oh, I remember. Uh, can he leave the room with us? No, 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 no. You just keep him in here and make sure... Oh, yes, we'll keep him in here, obviously. But if he had to leave and we weren't no, no, with him... Just keep him in here until you or anyone else... Not anyone else, just me... Just you... Get back. Get back. Right? Right, we'll stay here until you get back. And uh, make sure he doesn't leave. What? <laughs> Jesus what? Christ! <laughs> it's so funny, the dialogue. It's just so simple, but... My other favorite thing was all the music. The opening of the film. Mm -hmm. Great. I loved... All the changes it takes throughout the opening credits. <laughs> yeah. And then how serious that main theme is when they're riding on the horse. Yeah. The music was super fun. Oh, you know what else I liked? Is the... When they're finally getting to get the the Holy Grail and they have to pass over that bridge... In the bridge troll thing, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Let's yeah, roll yeah. it. What is your name? <laughs> My name is Sir Lancelot of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. <laughs> what is your favorite color? <laughs> Blue. Right. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest time of all. Yeah. And then everyone else. Michael Palin, Sir Galahad, wants to change his answer, so he gets... <laughs> catapulting <laughs> blue no yeah it's great lots it's of catapulting just, yeah pits. yeah is it reflection time for me yes yeah i just like i said this had a huge influence on me and it pulls you in right from the credits i it just like you just said with the music the complete 180 into the colorful lights and the fiesta music and all the llama references just sealed the deal for me. Like, I, I thought that was hilarious right off the bat. And the subtitles that talk about moose handling and every person handling the credits gets sacked. That's just hilarious. I got a fun fact here that I actually learned this mm. morning. The coconut horse gag, it was not done as a gag, but it was a necessity. They had no budget for horses, so they had to figure out how to substitute a horse and Michael <laughs> Palin had the idea which which sort of uh, it, it sort of confirms what I suspect his role in Monty Python was as sort of a practical ingenious sort of glue person I think that was Michael Palin's role he, he wasn't quite so silly but I think he had practical uh, applications and ideas for humor so that was his idea <laughs> Um, fun fact about me, uh, my grandma Jones kicked all of this off when she let us rent the TV series from the library on VHS. I loved renting things from the library. Yeah. What is that? It, it feels hidden away. Yeah. It feels like a special, it, it's like it's in a secret vault. Yeah. Like this is information that is treasured 
yeah. and kept away in a vault. It's not like Blockbuster where it's commoditized. And, That's where I rented all. I know yeah. we were talking a lot about old movies last episode, but I rented all the old black and white movies that I used to yeah. like to watch from the library. It it felt... They had more classic... They didn't have the new stuff. Yeah. And it was just all old stuff, so it was fun. Yeah, Secret. It, it feels like you're going over these ancient tomes of culture, and it, it's it's hidden away in this mm-hmm. lauded vault instead of, you know, paying three ninety nine to some pimply-faced punk. A mammoth video. A mammoth video. <laughs> <laughs> mammoth. I love... Oh, that was my favorite video oh, really? chain, Mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, Grandma Jones, who, shout out to Grandma, is still with us in Spokane, Washington. Still going strong, still loving life. Shout out to Grandma. So my introduction, my first introduction to Monty Python was Dennis Moore, uh, the John Cleese character who stole lupins from the rich and gave them to the poor. Stand and deliver. Not on your... (laughs) Let that be a warning to you all. You move at your peril, but I have two pistols here. I know one of them isn't loaded anymore, but the other one is. So that's one of you dead for sure. Or just about for sure, anyway. It certainly wouldn't be worth your while risking it because I'm a very good shot. I practice every day. Well, not absolutely every day, but most days in the week. I expect I must practice all... at least four or five times a week, or more, really. But some weekends, like last weekend, there really wasn't the time, so that brings the average down a bit. I should say it's definitely a solid four days' practice a week. Uh, and the poor complained because you can't eat lupins or buy anything with them. And the Eric Idle nudge, nudge, wink, wink sketch. <laughs> As a little kid, I loved it. Is your wife a goer? Hey, know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, know what I mean? Say no more. Skipping ahead to the ending, throughout the film, it sort of overlaps with this modern day detective yeah. <laughs> scene. And this 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 uh, academic is shooting a picture for school. <laughs> and he gets killed by a knight who runs by a horse <laughs> on an actual horse. So at some point they could afford a horse. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they could only afford it for like just an afternoon. One. Yeah, one afternoon. So that's the it. modern day 1970s scholar gets killed, and later on the cops come and arrest the knights of the round table in a case of mistaken identity. And as a kid, that really bummed me out. I wanted to see a nice clean wrap up of the narrative. I wanted to see him get the Grail. What does that look like? But now seeing it. Again, as an adult, as an almost middle-aged man, I, it's, I love the complete middle finger to the audience. I just love it. <laughs> oh, you want a real ending? Too bad. <laughs> um, this movie, because I saw it at such a young age, it was like a secret language for other nerds. Uh-huh. And I discovered that pretty quick. Like if you could quote this movie, certain clicks would just let you in. They weren't necessarily the kind of people I wanted to hang out with. But if I wanted to get in there, I could. <laughs> like, there were a bunch of nerds and Boy Scouts. Why was I ever in Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts. I don't know. Um, gross. Y- gross for sure. But, you know, I learned a couple knots. It was cool. Uh, How much popcorn did you sell when you were a Boy Scout? Not, I was a bad salesman. Not, not a whole lot. Fuck it. <laughs> but I was... Uh, in high school, I was the guy who could like float from click to click. I didn't really have a home click, and this was part of that. Like, I was nerdy enough for this, mm-hmm. funny enough to make these people laugh, but I had no home base. But anyway, this this movie is is part of that dynamic, my, that idiom. My, it's it's part of my particular idiom. Uh, 
Let's do a quick rundown of the pythons. How about it? Python lightning round. <laughs> Sorry. I can't help it. Uh, Graham Chapman played King Arthur. I think he's the best at remaining dignified while being absolutely silly. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else could have played Arthur. Yeah. Like he, on the TV series, he plays this this colonel in like military garb. And he'll walk into a sketch and just stop it and be like, stop that. It's silly. It's so silly. <laughs> like he'll have a pipe. Now, I noticed a tendency for this program to get rather silly. Now, I do my best to keep things moving along, but I'm not having things getting silly. Um, okay. Sadly, he died of cancer in 1989. Huh. So R.I.P. Graham. Probably the best actor, like the best hmm. serious actor besides John Cleese, who played Lancelot. Uh, John Cleese, probably the overall funniest and my favorite Python, even though it's so hard to pick. He was in Fish Called Wanda, which is one of the best comedies of all time, with Kevin Klein. Uh, and I think he shows up on Will and Grace a few times as a love interest. Yeah. Karen's love interest, yes. I believe. Yeah. Uh, Terry Jones, who played So Bedivere, my liege. Um, how do you know she's a witch, that guy? He's probably got the funniest voice. <laughs> No, no, ah, at the back of the throat. No, 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 no. Ooh, in surprise and alarm. Oh, you mean sort of, uh, ah, yes, that's right. Oh! And he has the best female voice when they all dress up in drag. <laughs> um, he is now suffering from very severe dementia and doesn't Aww. recognize the other pythons. So Aww. sorry for the bummer, but shout out to Terry. Terry. Eric Idle plays Sir Robin. I think... Eric Idle's got a quality to him where his comedy stylings hold up well over time. I think he's got this he's got this eternal impish quality that David Spade has. We've mm. talked about that. Like his like stock that. is always high. It's always valuable. Like he always his humor always has value in the mm. current context. And are you ready for this? Crossover. Pew, pew, pew. He did a voice in Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. He was yes. that garbage guy that talked only in um, commercial jargon. Lines from commercials. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fun? Fuck that movie. It's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, Michael Palin played Sir Galahad. Like, I, I kind of touched on this, but he always struck me as a, quote, glue guy. He's just dependably funny, very practical. He came up with the coconut idea, very down to earth. Actually, his his post Monty Python career was very earnest and serious. Like he did a bunch of travel documentaries for BBC. Hmm. Um, the last one was very it was pretty recent, two thousand eight, and he went to North Korea. Oh wow, <laughs> pretty crazy. And then finally, Terry Gilliam, he played Patsy, <laughs> and he was the animator who did the great the bits, which we haven't even talked about. But it's it's sort of part and parcel of Monty Python. The, the cutout animation. He's the sole American. Oh, the animation was so fun. So great. Yeah, I, for, I almost forgot about that. Stop that. Stop that. When the sun and the clouds are jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. Clear off. Go on. Bloody weather. Uh, he's from Minneapolis, Terry Gilliam, which makes sense to me because a lot of creative, quirky people seem to come from there. Hmm. He went on to be just a genius level director. He did Time Bandits, Brazil, 12 Monkeys. He's He's... Lauded for his direction. Oh my God, who cares? So that's, I just, I felt like going down the roster and just talking about each Python and why I love them. 
How long were they a comedy troupe? That's a great question. They started in the, I think they probably, they got together in the late 60s, I think. And the television series started in the early 70s. Kind of took them a while to find their footing. When you watch the early episodes, it's um, it's not as freewheeling and madcap as it would become. And then eventually they got into the groove and did this really stream of consciousness style where sketches would bleed into one another mm. and reference back on each other. <laughs> it was wild. It was almost psychedelic. I think... I think they would still be technically a comedy troupe if not for Graham passing away and Terry Jones coming down with dementia. But they toured up until like 2014. I assume that they influenced a lot of future comedy troupes, right? Yes. What about, so I, I don't know that many of them, but one that comes to mind is the Mighty Boosh. Is that a comedy troupe technically? There's only yeah. two of them. Two people, right? I mean, they have a roster of actors. There's like oh. three or four guys, but the main guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, the name. Noel and. Noel. We all love Noel from British Bake Off. Shit. What's the other guy? Hi, welcome to the show. My name's Howard Moon. This is my apprentice, Vince Noir. Apprentice? Get stuffed. You're my apprentice. Don't start showing out. Or what? Or I'll come at you fast like a northern bullet. I'll put a move on you. You won't know what's happening. You haven't got any moves. I've felt your moves. How flimsy are they? They're like being caressed with a natural yogurt. I've got new powerful moves now, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What, did you send off for some new ones? Yes, I did. did they you? arrived this morning. First post? First post, yeah. The post that hurts the most. Did they influence, oh. you think, people like that? Definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just mighty boosh, you have to pay attention the whole time because it's just all over the place. And it, yeah. it just, it's a, it's a similar stream of consciousness feel. Uh -huh. The most obvious inspiration is kids in the hall. You know, the dressing and drag, yeah. the seamless, um, dreamlike transition from sketch to sketch, addressing earlier sketches, mm -hmm. like characters from earlier sketches intervening on other situations. And like I said, dressing and drag. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Roy. Oi. I love saying Roy, and I love saying Oi. So thank you, Britannia. So I've been talking and bloviating long enough about my favorite comedy film. Are there any... Um, we've got... I mean, I almost hate to, to stop this episode. You make me sad. Um, <laughs> you make me sad. You make me sad. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no <laughs> arms left. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Look, just a flesh wound. <laughs> Look, stop that! Chicken! Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg! Right! Right! I'll do you for that! You're <laughs> what? Come here! What are you gonna do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony! <laughs> You're a loony? I love, I'll do you for that. <laughs> I love that as well. I'll do you for that! There are so many phrases that I loved from this film. Yeah. Uh, you tit? Yeah, you tit. Nibble your bum. <laughs> I hope I can work them into my everyday vocabulary. Nibble your bum. He's got huge, sharp. He can leap about. Look at the bones. Oh, I thought nibble your bum might be in there. <laughs> What's he do? Nibble your bum. <laughs> Eric Idle says that. I love that. 
Yeah, great phrases. Uh-huh. I mean, the British are champion at slang. Always have been. Yeah. Um, so, I think that brings us almost to the end. On second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else? Well, what are you then? I'm French! Oh, yeah. I think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king. What are you doing in England? Mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> I fart in your general direction. Uh, oh, to to yeah. fourth grade me, it was just... Off the chain, hilarious. Off the chain? Hmm. Speaking of slang, I don't think anyone says that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Angie, we're here um, for the question that everyone is waiting for. Angela, my wife, my beloved, would it be cruel to rewind now and then? Or cool to rewind? Now and then? Now and then. Did you just read directly from the paper? There's a typo there. (laughs) Would it be cool? Yeah, well, you deserve it, fart ass. Would it be cool (laughs) or cruel? Oh, shit. (laughs) Episode canceled. Fuck it. I saw his penis. Who's? And the balls. Who's? You guys. We didn't update that line in our notes, and I love how you just read it directly from the paper and didn't notice that it was just wrong. like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. There's no words on it. There are words on it. They're the wrong words. Yeah. Just like Ron Burgundy. Again, if please. It's on the prompter. He will say it. RIP Fred Willard. Angie, would it be cool or cruel to rewind Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Jeff. It would be very cool to rewind this film because I think there's probably jokes and jokes and jokes that I missed. So I feel like you'd need to watch this a lot of times and I get it. Yeah, baby. Rewind that shit. Honey, I'm so happy. It's, it's fun. I'm so thrilled. It was so funny. You laughed a lot. I did. You really did. And it like it was just a relief to hear you laughing so hard. Especially <laughs> I think you like yeah. I heard you laughed a lot at John Cleese when he was killing the wedding guests yeah. under false pretense <laughs> when he thought he was saving a princess and it turned out to be um wimpy wienery Terry Jones. Yeah. You've that, come to rescue me. I didn't that's a scene that you have to watch with your eyes. It would be funny to share here, but it's just you got it's so hilarious that it's just like so gruesome for no reason he's just like running around like kind of on accident (laughs) (laughs) you kicked a bride in the chest (laughs) (laughs) that makes me so happy that Mm -hmm. makes me really happy so we can stay married oh we can good news oh marriage counseling canceled Man, I think we did this movie justice. I feel really good about mm-hmm. what we said and what we did. Um, well, do you have thoughts about this movie, dear listener? Uh, send us an email. Let us know at cruel2rewind at gmail.com. And follow us and talk to us on Instagram and Twitter at cruel2rewind. And I'm going to throw this out there because 
you know, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, look for at evil hamburgers. That is not any sort of statement on industrial farming or veganism. It's just an old lyric from an electric six song. But, you know, I go in streaks. Uh, I'm a pretty solid follow on Instagram (laughs) when I'm on. It's pretty funny. It's hyper premium funtainment. Hyper premium funtainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do here at Cruel to Rewind. Okay. Should we announce our first listener pick film? I would love for you to do that. I am so excited and thrilled to share that next week we will be watching Hook, starring the late great. Robin Williams and the somewhat recently canceled Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was kind of me too. <laughs> I think so. I don't know the details. That's too bad, but he's still great as hook. Sorry. You know it. You love it. Let's dissect it. Let's dissect it. Hook, hook. Give us the hook, hook, hook. I hate. I hate. <laughs> I hate Peter Pan. Uh, that's really good. <laughs> That's lots of fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Please keep on contacting us on the internet. Thank you for listening. Stay cruel out there. And happy rewinding. (laughs) God damn it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Have fun. Bye, darling.